Hello and welcome to the Lost Owl Podcast. I am your host, Trent Castleberry, and today I am going to be just talking about things that bug me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little bit in a mood tonight. I'm a little bit in a mood. I think that's like when we get into things, like, well, when we just live in life and we just have a lot of people that are around, we... We tend to bottle things up, right? Like things that bother us. Me personally, I'm a very, I'm a very, I, I well, I don't want to say very, very, like, like I am some kind of saint because I'm not, but I do try. I try. And I think there's a lot of utility in that. I try to have as much patience and empathy and compassion um, that I can possibly uh, contain or at least do and act out around people. So things that are the same things that bother me about people in, in just situations, you know, when it comes to social issues and things of that nature, like I like to talk about things, but even when I talk about contentious issues with people, like I have to really watch my, uh, my tone, you know, because if you're talking to somebody about something that's contentious or something that's controversial, then you really have to watch yourself or else you're going to turn them off and it just becomes an argument and it doesn't go anywhere and there's no resolution. There's no resolution. This is a, I live by this, this, this one idea that was presented. I was watching some kind of, I don't remember what it was. It was some video on YouTube or something. And it said, but it really did. It, it spoke to me and, and it it really spoke to me. It said, "It said, are you trying to win? Or are you trying to find a solution to the problem? Whenever you're having an argument, because if you're just trying to win, that doesn't help anybody, because you're basically going to ruin if it's a if it's like a a new friendship or just somebody that you know. You're not you don't want to get into a political argument or uh you know a a social issue kind of argument or a religious argument, things that are really contentious and controversial. You don't really want to get into those kind of arguments with people that don't know your heart yet. So you got to watch yourself. You need to listen more than you speak. And when you speak, you need to speak precisely and be very articulate. So it's, it's very strategic whenever you're having a conversation with somebody and it's very difficult when you get highly frustrated with certain either it could be mannerisms it could be well their argument to begin with just seems very flat and you you if you point that out to them then they get offended and then it's just everything goes off the rails so it's very difficult to be somebody that that I, I genuinely enjoy conversations. And I'm not saying this is every conversation. I'm not trying to put people on blast. I'm just saying that there are, there are certain things where it's like I, I have a lot that I want to say, but I have to be able to say it uh, with compassion. And it's very difficult to say it with compassion because there's a lot of conviction within me when I, at least from my perception, I know things to be true because I guess you could say it's a part of pride that I looked it up. 
I've looked it up not just by one source, multiple sources. I did a lot of work to come to the conclusions that I've come to on very important issues that we are talking about. What have you done? Did you read a couple of headlines on Facebook and that's what led you to have your own opinion? Is it really your own opinion? Or is it just uh, what you read? A headline. Did you even click on the article and read the article? Oh, you did. You read the article? Great. What was the source? You don't remember. You don't remember the source? This is just something that you heard? So essentially what you're telling me is that your opinion is based off hearsay? That you don't even know the source that you heard it from? So now that you understood where I'm going with this, you can kind of understand my frustration. So you have people that are so strong into their convictions, but have absolutely no basis. The only basis is that, oh, I heard it somewhere. And I read it somewhere. I don't know. And I do that a lot too. I mean, I say I read it somewhere, but I have an entire, I have three word documents right in front of me that has every sites, every citation, well, it's like everything that I've, it's so many sites and I have it titled off with specific things. So like this is the wage gap issue. And I have so sources from pro wage gap. Like this is an actual fact. And here's some statistics to debunking wage gap to here's the sources for that. And then weighing both the two, like I have these things broken down because I don't want to be wrong in them. I know I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to propagate something that is false. So a lot of these things are a lot more complex than people perceive them to be. And there is something that there's a, there's a, I think it's a logical fallacy. Let me, let me look at this real quick. I have that printed out actually. <laughs> Just knocked my candle off. It's a good thing I didn't light that up. I think it was, yep, I have it over here. I had this one printed out. This is all the logical fallacies, and I found that out really quick. Oh, this is the appeal to pity. And it is, it's a fallacy of relevance, personal attacks, and emotional appeals. Uh, they aren't strictly relevant to whether something is true or false. In this case, the fallacy appeals to the compassion and emotional sensitivity of others when these factors are not strictly relevant to the argument. Appeals to pity often appear as emotional manipulation. Examples, the government needs to hear our cry because we are scared. We are scared that this candidate will not respect us or protect us. We are scared about our future. There is no hope for people like us with these candidates in office. So, we hear that a lot on the news, don't we? We hear that a lot by politicians. They go up in front of crowds and they're just so like, we just, I cannot stand with the hate. Just everything this person does, it just propagates hate and it causes like, here's, here's what I think whenever I hear things like that. And this is an unpopular opinion. And I'm, I'm not trying to divulge myself into straight political talk, but this is, you know, I watch the news in the office and stuff too. You know, and I look at it and I'm just like, eh, I don't know about that. You know, because I've read these things and I know these things. At least 
the surface level. There's a lot more nuance to it, but I know the surface level to where I won't be as deceived as the majority. So when somebody is up there saying like, we need to stand up. We need to be proud. We need to fight against the power. We need to do all this. Like I see it as that the appeal to empathy or the appeal to what was I, I freaking threw it over here, but it, it is like you're appealing to an emotional capacity, only pure emotional capacity, which isn't based off of anything factual. So it's, and these people, these politicians, they're just, that's all they're doing. They're using your emotion and your compassion to instill a certain, you know, animosity towards some form of opposition. And it's usually on the other side of the aisle, right? So who does that the most? I don't know. You could say it's equal, but what I see the most is that it is leftists. Leftists do this all the time. There's always a new social issue that they have to throw out and they have to throw out these debunked statistics from back in 2013 and and try to throw them out there as if they're relevant and they've been debunked for like you know almost 10 years and they're already they're well known to be debunked like all these things well known studies are out jury's out it's not real and they're like yes it is real because you feel it and you'd rather blame somebody else for the things that are going on in the world instead of take individual responsibility for your own life and it makes you look better to your neighbors and your friends that you're at least I'm standing up for something that's not really complex because I already feel something about it because it's better for me. It affects me, you know, and if it affects me and it's somebody else is causing it, then I'd rather attack that person than look in the freaking mirror. Maybe I could look in the mirror. Maybe I could be like, what could I possibly do to fix it? So I know I'm being very vague and I like to be pretty, I like to be pretty vague on a lot of things because I don't want to talk about anything specific because there's nothing, there's nothing generally specific that I have in mind. It's a multitude of things that are going through my head. And that's why everything seems so like, dude, what kind of rabbit holes <laughs> Are you going down right now? Like you went from this to like way over here. And I get that. I recognize that in myself. But it's because I don't really want to talk about it, about anything specific unless I have a specific topic that I'm talking to someone about. But my issue is that I am, as of right now, give me a sec here. Trying to stop smoking, so I decided to start vaping. And it's not good for me either. I don't want to hear it, all right? So, what 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 the deal is right now, where I'm at, is that I have a lot of people that are talking to me about a lot of things. And I have to keep my mouth shut on a lot of these things. Because even if I said anything, even... Because right now, things are so like, people don't have any kind of what is the word I'm looking for? But you don't have any patience or any kind of, they don't give any credence to anybody that believes something different than them. 
They're ideologically possessed by whatever they believe. And they cannot be wrong. And so it's just like, I can be wrong. And I recognize that. So if I give you an opinion and you start screaming in my face because you feel offended by my opinion, that's a problem. Because if you you have been sitting and talking to me and I've been listening to you and you've been saying things that I feel are pretty offensive to me, you know? And uh, I chose not to react to those things. I internalized it. I dissected it and I buried it because I'd rather just be the person who can listen to it and then give a, an answer to a question or an opinion and be able to listen enough to where I can formulate an, an answer or an opinion based off of everything that is being said, not just a certain point. So I'm not saying that I'm trying to win. I'm saying that I usually, whenever I talk to somebody, it's about a contentious topic and I already have my own ideas. All right. I do. I treat it as, so here's, here's the game plan. I'm going to listen as much as possible. This person may know something that I don't, they may, they, they may know something that I don't or something that I have not considered or I haven't read or I haven't heard already. So I listen for those, right? But if I keep hearing ideological possession ideas, things that are basically, I know that this person does not even understand the words that are coming out of their mouth, then I am actively trying to like my, I'm listening but I'm also formulating the best possible answer or opinion that I, when it comes to a pause, and I always try to leave a little bit of a pause, that there's enough pause to where I can, ha- I can do something calmly, say something that may get that person to think. I'm not expecting them to just be like, oh my gosh, you're right my entire world has changed. My entire thought process has changed. That's not going to happen in the moment. That's not even going to happen overnight. It's not. So don't expect it. Like you have to be a compassionate person. If you're ever going to change someone's mind, you can't be a straight a-hole. You can't just be that. I know it's, 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 you want to, I understand that you want to, that's your desire. Your desire is I want to just get in this person's face, get in this person's face and just be like, you're out of your mind. Like you're crazy. Like, and here's why you're crazy. And you can throw out all the facts and all the statistics and all of the moral arguments that you want to, but that's not going to change their mind because you're not, you're basically not speaking to them, but you found one thing or multiple things in their argument and you're instead of tackling the entire dialogue as a whole that they presented um and showing contemplation like you're mulling it over and you are you are it's not disingenuous you're mulling it over and then you're taking a little bit of time to talk talk it out and really be like and ask it as if it's a question so what do you think about this then because given what you just said about this what about 
this statistic that was cited and you it's really nice if you can if you off the top of your head you can cite where you read it because it's not necessarily discrediting them but it's like they in their mind they're just thinking like well i don't even know where i heard my stuff you know it was probably from a family member or it was probably from a friend or it was a facebook post that i read and i was just like Ugh. but if you can throw out an actual statistic or an actual citation for to a uh, um, a study or something like that. Well, what what do you say about the study of Maryland? You know, the university study that was happening three times on this issue, and it all it found all of those things that you were talking about to be false. Like how do, like what what is it? Like how do you argue against those? And then they'll probably go off and be like, well, it's obviously biased. It was you know. Uh, the money you got to follow the money or something like that like yeah yeah what, what, oh okay okay but that doesn't mean that that what you said goes on deaf ears it just means that they're ideologically possessed so then it's your personal responsibility to be like all right i can see i can see that that's an argument it may be may be a valid argument but i think that it's it's verging on conspiracy theory at that point because it's very hard to have studies published unless they're credible and factual. And I know that's, you know, universities aren't, you know, known for their, you know, I guess conservative or, you know, fundamental values and any, anything anymore. But if you have a, an actual university study that is supporting your argument, that's could be on either side of the aisle, then, Hey, especially if it's on the more conservative side of the aisle, then they have no, like someone who's on the left side of the aisle is, you know, has no room to stand on. They have no leg to stand on. It's a, and so, and then, so they'll obviously be like, well, it was obviously corruption and it was all this. And it's like, sounds very similar to what's going on politically on, in the white house, you know? And I'm not trying to be, you know, like I'm not trying to get super into politics, but I, I just think that I see a lot of things. I see I'm seeing a lot of a lot of things that have been adding up and I haven't been not been paying a, uh, a, a strong attention to politics for very long, but I do remember like the Clinton email scandal. I do remember the Russian collusion during the 2016 election and then now all I can hear on the news is, Ukraine, like which is the literal enemy of Russia, like they have been fighting since, like I was like a decade more, probably longer than that, a decade since I've been uh, like paying attention to it. They have been like stark enemies. So how do you go from being a Russian colluder to a Ukrainian colluder? Like I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. How are you, how, how does this make any sense to me? I, I, how can you actually do that? Like, well, this guy has no loyalties. Well, obviously his loyalty is to something, probably America. Maybe he plays both sides. That's a better argument than he is 100% a Russian asset. Nope. He's 100% colluding with the Ukrainians. Like you, you can't have it both ways. You got to pick one. All right. So I don't know. 
that's just my opinion. And uh, there are some people in here that do not listen to politics at all, and they're probably looking. They're probably listening to this and be like, "What are you talking about?" Well, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of utility in trying to pay attention and listen to both sides of arguments and kind of know what's going on in in the country a little bit, but not get too invested. You gotta you gotta balance yourself out because that stuff gets really stressful. Because at the end of the day. We don't have any power more than voting. It's all we can do. We can vote and we can call our congressman. That's about it. So, and we can talk about it like it's a reality TV show, which is basically what it is right now, even though it's a relatively important reality TV show because it kind of, you know, it's a, it has a lot of utility when it comes to our lives and our livelihood, but there's not a whole lot that we can do. All we can do is talk about it and try to convince other people that are, you know, that we perceive to be on the wrong side of the aisle, um, can convince them, you know, but the only way to convince them is not to have protests. And that's, that, that's one of the things that bothers me right now is I, I have all these people that are just like, yeah, dude, like, let's go out and protest, you know, like, I'm going to go have like a, I don't know, a pride march or something. And I got, I got nothing against people. I love people, right? I don't get, I don't give a crap what you're, what you're going through in life. Everyone's going through something. All right. I don't, I don't care what your trials and tribulations are. Like, if you want to talk about them, I'm here and I'm willing to really listen and try to understand but you going out in the street and acting a fool that's not going to change anybody's mind that's actually going to add to the animosity that they have for you they don't like it it's annoying like what are you doing so you're gonna go out like oh the world's gonna end in 10 years they said that back in 1990 when i was born they were like 2020 I think there was a song that came out with that. Tonight is gonna party like it's 1999. Because 2000, they thought it was gonna be, you know, everything was just gonna end. Then you have 2012. We're gonna have some huge ice age or something. I don't know. It was a day after tomorrow movie came out. It was crazy. Then after that, you have all these post-apocalyptic shows, movies, all that stuff, all that propaganda, like everything's going to fail because the environment, the world is going to die. The, there is nothing more. There's no possible way that humans can have anything to not, not, not have anything to do with it. Yes. Humans have something to do with it. There's nothing that we could possibly do within 10 years. That's going to change that course. All right. If it's taken this long, for it to get so bad as they say it, it has has gotten, right? Then there's nothing going to stop that progression within that time frame. And then the whole world will have to get on board. And if the whole world, like, got, if to get the whole world on board would have to be creating a new world order, which is essentially what, like, Hitler was trying to do take over the world, create a new world order, you know, make a government that is a part of like controls the entire world. And then it would be Germany and it would be the German empire. Like 
I don't know what they're trying to do, and I'm not I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist. I'm not a huge one. But I just don't see there's no possible way. So spending millions and millions of dollars to just fix one or trillions of dollars to fix one country's emissions. And that's it. Like, okay, we did a pretty good job on our side, but we're still gonna die. We might as well just die because no one else is gonna get on them on board with that. You may get one or two other countries, but that's about it. Because China's not gonna do it. That's for sure. One hundred percent they're not gonna do it. Russia, doubt it. I don't think that they're gonna do that either. And they're two of the the biggest countries like in the world aside from Africa and Africa I don't even think they have any CO2 emissions I don't know I hear they're getting a little more you know advanced they're they're catching up they're doing pretty well for themselves the world is actually a lot better than you perceive it you think it's degrading but it's actually progressing really quickly really quickly but that's not what they want you to see that's not what anybody wants you to see because the news can't talk about good things because good things aren't spicy you want to try to create bad things because bad things are like we should be talking about this like think of it this way somebody cheats on their spouse and they get a divorce in your work center right that's the talk of the office for the next two months maybe not that much but let's just say it's that much right all right. Well, Jenny had a baby. That's a new life that's born into the world, right? She's a part of the office too. Do we give a shit about Jenny's baby? No. All we care about is the negative. That's a problem. We should stop be ta- we should stop having this mindset of focusing on that we should be like congratulating jenny it's like yo you just had a baby you just brought a new life in there what can i do to help you you know like is there anything that i can do to make this an easier process for you and like whatever like to be supportive that's cool talk about it be like yo the name that you gave the baby you know like you know osiris i don't i don't know i'm bad at baby names uh, i'm just saying no one talks about that. They may talk about it for like five minutes and then they're just right back to the scandal. You know, I go into a convenience store, a gas station. I turn my head to the left. I turn my head to the right whenever I'm in the aisle to check out. And all it is, is this is like celebrity propaganda and none of it is true. It's like Jennifer Anderson cheated nine times. New exclusive. And it's like, no, that's not true. Absolutely not. Like, you, you, I I go home. I don't buy the magazine. I go home and I'm just like, well, that might be interesting. Why don't I check that out? Uh, no, I can't find anything on it other than the site itself, the magazine itself that said allegedly that that happened based off nothing. It's just propaganda. So it's like, that's all we do. We conflate. We, we, we don't, we just over-exaggerate things, blow things out of proportion because it's interesting. But the good things aren't interesting. It's always the bad things. So obviously, politically, that happens. It happens all the time. You know? One bad thing happens. One one or two, three in the billions of people in America, 
one or two people get slighted because there are a couple of bad people in the scenario. And then it's a international story. This is a problem. People are hateful. No, actually, the vast majority of people are just trying to figure things out. They're just living their lives. They're relatively reasonable. You know? And uh, the news and social media is not really helping that. Because they're making it look like everything is going to hell. When in reality, it's actually not. It's actually getting a lot better. If we would just pull our head out of the sand. I know I, I thought you I know that you guys knew I was going somewhere with that. But out of the sand like ostriches. <laughs> Got you. If you pull your head out of the sand and look into the sun, it's actually a lot brighter outside than what you were where you were at originally, which was, you know, 6 inches deep in the sand. Well, let's give it a foot because it's kind of insinuating. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I feel like people are extremely naive because we're, we're just too lazy now. We're too lazy to look into things. We're too lazy to, to actually research stuff or look into things that like, if you don't know, not, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be like, you don't have to have a doctor's doctor's degree to have an opinion. I agree with that. 100%. But if you only know one source that says, this is what it is, you know, like this is it. And you're just like, this is it. This is it. I'm going to go march for this thing now. Like, are you not just an automaton? Like, that's it? You're just an NPC, a non-player character or a sheep? That probably relate to a lot of people. Are you not just a sheep that just goes with whatever the social thing is, whatever is popular? Like, we can't say any words now without offending somebody. I probably said like 18 of them, and I'm trying to let them, I'm trying to limit myself to a lot of like, you know, to be relatively unoffensive just recording this. I can't say anything anymore. Because someone's going to get extremely offended. And they could possibly take you to court. At least they can do it in Canada now. They pass laws for it. It was like Bill C-16 or something like that. That if you don't use specific pronouns when addressing somebody, then you are going against the law. You are breaking the law. And there will be, like, yeah, I don't think that you can be jailed, but you will be fined and you will be, like, fired from your position if it's in a workplace environment. So it's like, so now there's a lot of court cases out there that are just like, well, what if I don't pay the fine? Oh, I'm just not going to pay the fine because I don't agree with this. This is wildly unreasonable. Well, uh, we'll just find you more until you're broke and then now you're homeless just because you didn't want to say what somebody else has said what what they wanted you to call them that's it it's like you can't say anything anymore or else that could be you and it's getting towards that point 
in the U.S. And I just, and I'm not sitting here trying to be the guy who's just, everything's going to crap. It's not. I don't believe it is. But it's highly frustrating when you see people that are subscribed themselves to this ideology that, yeah, the whole world is hateful. No, there's a lot of hate in the world. I don't, I don't, I'm not disputing that. There's a lot of people that are hateful. I've met, I've met a few that are hateful. But I think not as much as you think. Because things have changed. Things have changed. I remember, and I'm a young guy, and I remember back whenever I was in like high school, all I had was like a, I had like a phone that was, I could play snake on. Do you remember that old game? I could play a snake on it, right? I couldn't scroll through Facebook. I couldn't scroll through Twitter. I couldn't scroll through Instagram. I couldn't, I wasn't constantly subjected to this, you know, polarizing and divisive stuff, you know? You ever go, you ever scroll through Facebook and it's just like one social issue after another? Like, we, we didn't have to deal with that back in the day. Like, we could hear about it and they'd be like, oh, all right, I'm going to go to the library or I'm going to, I will go on the internet. And back then the internet was only used for factual stuff. So when you look something up and you looked up multiple sources, they're all generally saying the same thing for the most part, or you can come to a very you know, strong conclusion. Now there's like a billion sources to look at. And most of them are opinionated sources. They're not actually journalistic sources because even journalists that are saying that this is factual are actually opinionated so everything is so polarized now but back then that we didn't have those kinds of issues we cared more about the people that are around us than issues that we haven't actually had to deal with and even if you did have some kind of negative thing happen to you it was few and far between it wasn't an everyday occurrence you know so I don't know what I'm trying to say here. It would be better if I had somebody here to talk about these kind of things, but this is, I just wanted to be able to vent it all out. This is where I'm at right now. So I'm going through this, uh, this week I'm going through this, uh, seminar. I went, I've been doing the seminar thing this week and it's about leadership. And I like it. I I met some really cool people during the seminar. But I feel like some of the things is like, you're basically just reiterating what I've already heard multiple times. I, I just, there's nothing, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of new stuff. You know, like, wow, like, I went through all these levels of promotion to get to this point to where it's like you would open up the chamber of secrets. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And then I go to the seminar and it's just like, I already know this. Like, in fact, I have like several, I have several folders of this exact same information already saved on my desktop on my work computer and my home computer. Like, I went to school for this. 
Like everyone had to go to school for this. Everyone had to do this professional enhancement stuff before, but now it's just like, but now you get to volunteer for it. And then we get to tell you that because you wanted to be here before you had to do it because you had to, to get promoted. I was like, I don't know. And I'm not trying to be pessimistic about it. It's all good information and it's better to, it's, and it's good to reiterate a lot of things. And there are a few things, there are a few things here and there snippets of things. It's like, Oh, that's actually good. That holds a lot of utility. I like that. You know, that's a, that's a, a relatively new perspective or a, a, a better way of putting something that I may have already known, but I can actually wrap my head around it a little bit more and apply it better. You know, so uh, putting it into a, an example or a scenario that can actually use that in the future better than it, ra rather than it just being a sentence or a paragraph in, you know, an essay or a written work document. So I understand that, but they're just, I just, I don't feel like any of this is going deeper. And I think it's because people are not, when it comes to leadership, it's, it's deeply relational. It really does. It really is about relations and it's deeply psychological, but Psychology is not an easy field to get into or wrap your head around. It's it's very difficult. And a lot of people will get like past the first level of psychology and be like, that's really interesting. Like it's some kind of, you know, tarot card or, you know, astrology, like you're a Taurus, you're an Aries. Like, like and, and that's about, that's the extent. They won't go into the nuances or the multifaceted natures of a lot of different things and scenarios. And I think it's better to do as much research into that and be able to apply that and really wrap your head around it. So like we don't just, we already knew these things. Now we're reiterating these things, but we're not expanding on these things. That's my frustration right now. It's like, I figured that once I got to this point and I went into this, it's like now you're like a leader by title now we're going to open up this chamber of secrets of things that's a lot deeper than what you had already perceived right so now that you have this level of responsibility to where you have control and authority over people you should be able to know how other people think and how to treat them right better than more than just um well, don't be a dick and listen, you know, listen. Well, you know what? How do I listen? That's a good question. Like what's a, what's a good strategy for listening? You know, like, like I don't understand. Like, what do you, when you say, listen, like there's a, there's a big difference between just hearing or being silent, right? And letting somebody just talk and then you're just kind of waiting until you can get your point across and then actually listening. And a lot of people don't understand the difference. They'll just be like, listen means don't talk and wait for the person to finish. That's a good thing. That's a good quality to have. You know, they'll, it makes them feel a little more valued to where 
the person who's talking to you feels like, well, they're not cutting me off. So that means that I can just keep going and just vent and rant. And that's good. That's great. But then once they're done, then you're just all like, all right, so here's what you're going to do. You need to stop being like this. This is what this is. This is your problem. Right. And this is, and, and you're just taking things way out of proportion on this thing. And it's just like, you just destroyed everything that you could possibly gain. Like just because they're venting and they could be wrong. Doesn't mean that you got to like blow it up in their face. Like I, and I get it. If you know, somebody is genuinely wrong. Like, you know, some of the, the that is like, you're completely wrong. And I can tell you exactly why I understand that that's not gonna, that's not listening though. Cause listening is listening is being able to understand where the person is coming from and then being able to formulate the best way to present the truth to them in a way that they will receive it. And the best way on its fundamental level to do that is to pose questions to them to allow them to go down the trail, the rabbit hole to find their own answer or to find the answer within guiding them there. Like Alice in Wonderland. It was, everything was always so con confusing. It was always difficult, but it was always leading her somewhere. She was always going somewhere. She was reaching the end of the road. That's how you're supposed to treat people. That's what really listening is. And that's just not being told. And I get it. Like it's difficult. Some people it's, it's, it's difficult to wrap your head around these kinds of things, this kind of communication and relationship. There's a lot of personality traits that are, would stand in the way of people doing those kind of things. But it doesn't mean you don't have a responsibility to do it. You signed up for it. If you're going to be a leader, you're going to be a manager, you're going to be a CEO, you're going to be, I don't know, you're going to be ahead of people, then it's your personal responsibility to know people. I don't give a crap about what your personality traits are. You know people. It doesn't matter. Like that you're, well, I'm a very no-nonsense kind of person and I just like to do things my way or the highway. Well, sorry. That's not your job. Yes, you need to be assertive. I understand that. You need to be able to make decisions. I get that. That's a part of your personality. But you also need, you have a personal responsibility to know people. And that's what the problem is right now. Where I'm at, at my level. Is that nobody really understands that. That people need to be listened to. Like people need to be shown value. People need relationships. Or people people want to feel like at least they can be there or listened to without somebody trying to fix things all the time. Like you want to give somebody power, you give them the tools to be able to fix things themselves. You can't fix it for them. And that's something I had to learn relatively recently. So like I can't just I can't give you the answers and just be like, all right, this is what you're gonna do. Now this is how we fix it. You know, I was like, no. I gotta be like, so what do you think about this? Like, is, is, is this, is this possibly maybe, maybe this is a reason I don't, I don't know. Like you gotta, you gotta play dumb sometimes to lead people into the, the be like, wow, like actually I think it might be this. And I'm like, 
you know what? Uh, I think you're right. And that's highly frustrating because what you want to do is you just want to jump down the throat and be like, you know what? You're actually, you're way off. And it's actually this. And, uh, yeah, like, you're kind of an idiot. You may not say that, but you're thinking it. But it doesn't matter. Because if you only want to show value to somebody, you give them the tools to fix it for themselves so they can feel competent. And they become more confident. Like, I, I overcame that. And all I had to do was talk to somebody, <laughs> you know? Because if you just start jumping down somebody's throat, like, no, you're wrong, then they're never going to come to you again. Because they don't want to be talked down to. They want to feel devalued or incompetent or belittled. Nobody likes that. And look at it, look at it on your own self. Like, have you ever had somebody come up to you and just been like, you're, you're talking about something and then... They either say, yeah, you know what? I actually, I actually came, I, I went through something very, very similar. It actually was exactly like that, but it was a little bit more than what you're going through. And this is, this is what I did. And this is exactly what you should do. And that's going to fix all your problems, right? You don't actually want to hear that because it devalues that problem that you're going through. And it makes you feel belittled, like, Maybe I'm just weak. You're not weak. You're not. You're a hell of a lot stronger than you give yourself credit for. It's just that you never had anybody encourage you yet. You may have had a few people encourage you. It could be your mom, family, dad, brother, sister, really, really close friend, significant other. But it's like you have somebody like a colleague or a friend genuinely come up and encourage you and just say, you know what? Like I see something in you. You got, you got a lot of strength. I really liked how you did that one thing. Like it was really impressive to me. Honestly, it actually inspired me and inspired me to do this, that, that person does not have any obligations to you. And when you, when that person recognizes you, it makes 10 times more difference. And I'm not devaluing personal relationships with like significant others and family. Those are important. Those are sustainable. But you really want to get a boost. Be the person that's encouraging. Go up to people. Be like, you know what? Just out of nowhere. Just be like, you know what? I really like the way that you, uh, you know, you're, you're so professional all the time. And be genuine though. Don't be lying to them. Be genuine. Just go up to somebody that you work with. Find somebody who's just kind of like not feeling it today. You can tell. It's like, you know what I really care? You know what I really like about you? And then pick something that you genuinely like about them, that you've thought about before. Just tell them. It'll change everything. Their entire day is going to be changed. And their, their thought process will be changed. Their mindset will change. They'll be like, you know what? I'm probably not as big of a piece of shit than I thought I was. <laughs> you know? Anyway. That's, that's what I think is the issues that are going on right now. And this is just me ranting. If you have any questions or you want a shout out. Oh, I forgot. I actually wanted to give a big shout out to my, uh, my, my really good friend. Uh, I was going to do this on a different podcast. His name is Joshua. Joshua Barris. He's a really good man. Um, I used to 
I was in a my last space. I was with him. And he he hit me up via email, and he was like, "Yo, man, I want to get this shout out." So I really, really enjoyed him, and he's one of the guys that really influenced me in a positive way. I remember one of the biggest stories that that I know that I that I associate with him is that he invited me to go spend time with him and his family in Florida to go deep sea fishing. I've never been deep sea, deep sea fishing in my life, but I was all like, you know what? Yeah, let's go deep sea fishing. So I went with him down there and you know, like there's like these pills that you can take. Right. And so I, the, I went to a convenience store and I got this, uh, I got this, that, 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 what's that, what's that medicine called? It's gonna, it's, it's, it's driving me insane. Uh, what is it called? I'm looking it up real quick. I don't know what it's called, but it's like, if you go on the water and it's like motion sickness, it's like that motion sickness medicine to where it, it, it works with your equilibrium or something like that. So I took one before, um, we went on the fishing trip and then one in the morning. So I took one at the night before I went to sleep and then one in the morning. And then <laughs> Josh, Josh, he's all like, no, man, I got mad sea legs, dude. I got this. And I was like, all right, all right, cool, cool, cool. Let's go, let's go. That's great. I don't want to, I want to play it safe because I've never been on, the, you know, the sea that much. And I've swam, but I've never been like on a boat in the ocean, ocean, right? And so we get up next day, we get on the, uh, the boat. It is me, him, and his sister, and his dad. And we're going out there, and there's like a bunch of people on this boat, too. And we're, we got like, and we're going fishing. So there's like a bunch of poles on the outsides that are just aligning it. We look like we're going to war with like spears, you know? <laughs> so, like, you know, old school, you know, Viking level. So we're going out, and everything seems fine. But it's like, it's pretty heavy. It's pretty choppy out here, you know? It's like, oh, whatever, you know, it's, you know, we're closer to the bank. You know, closer to like, you know, the shore and everything. So things get choppy, you know, whatever. And so we get out so far to where we can't even see the shore. And I'm starting to freak out. I'm going to, I'm a little nervous. I'm like, all right. So everything goes to crap. Kraken comes out. I don't even know which direction to swim, you know? And that, that, that worries me, you know? So... <laughs> <laughs> but we're out there and these waves are insane these waves are insane i'm talking like it is it's like cartoon level like almost breaking like wait the, these waves it's it's so weird it's like that if you really had like a big jello thing and you just slap that jello and it's like in like it's what like how are these waves not breaking you know, like on the shores, you know how it turns all, it, it breaks and then it turns white and all that. And none of that, it was just completely just up and down. And like, I'm like, when is this thing going to topple over? I, I can't believe it. But they, you know, the crew were just like, yeah, we know whatever. We just, it's pretty rocky day today. Let's just string the lines out. You know, they're weighted. It's cool. So we're all fishing and everything. And like half of the people that are there are completely just vomiting everywhere they're fishing and that's like that's the funniest thing about it is that they were fishing they were still like holding the rods but they were just puking over the edges 
And that's what the crew was saying. They were just like, yep, need to puke. Just make sure you puke it over the edges so that we don't have to clean up the deck. You know what I mean? And so uh, I'm looking around. Josh and his sister are completely just out of it. And I'm thinking, like, these guys, I thought they had sea legs, man. They invited me here. But they didn't take the medicine. So moral of the story is that I had a great time. <laughs> and I caught mad fish. And we ate it afterwards, and everyone was completely fine. Once we got back on the shore and we got docked, it was it was chill. It was awesome. Everybody was cool. They just needed to get a little bit of hydration in them. And then they were just, like, back to normal. But and we ate an awesome dinner. We ate the fish that we caught, and it was probably one of the best times of my life. But I just thought it was super hilarious that, that it's like they were just not having a good time. And it was a long time that we were out there, several hours. And I was the only one that was just like, Yeah, I'm just gonna keep fishing. You know, like I don't really know how to deal with somebody who's completely sick because I know you're not gonna get better, you know, not while you're out here. <laughs> but anyway, <coughs> that was my shout out. To Joshua Barris, he was one of my good friends back there my last base, Moody Air Force Base in South Georgia is where I first met him, and we had some good times. So, but anyway, if you're going to want, if you want to uh, leave a comment or you want to give a shout out on this episode, you can email the, uh, the, you know, the email lostoutpodcast at yahoo.com. And you can also find this episode on Spotify under Lost Owl Podcast. And Apple Podcast at Lost Isle Podcast. And then, yeah, or you can also listen to it on the website, lostislepodcast.com. And so share it with your friends if you like it. And if you have anything you want to add or any suggestions or questions, yeah, just email the podcast or just find me on Facebook. Am I, you, I don't care. You find me on Facebook. It's Trent Colton Castleberry. It's really easy. Just look me up. I'm, I'm pretty sure my profile picture is me holding a tree in like a furniture store. Yeah. So anyway, thank you guys for hanging out with me and listening to me vent. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye-bye.
This is only the beginning.